tonight I discuss with my friend Basim, also known as DJT Bills, how he organized an amazing African event called No Wahala. It means no worries, no problems. Now imagine a Saturday night, hundreds of people laughing, dancing, and drinking to the rhythm of African music. He also had two other DJs. He had one that played Latin and French music, and he had another DJ that played predominantly R&B and hip-hop hits. And Bassem's legacy for these events is to bring Africa to Lebanon, to bring African culture, African food, African music to Lebanon. The night was a smash hit. No headline act or artist needed. And in this discussion, Basim outlines how he managed his team, his personal reflections from the night, and his vision for the next African event. You didn't have an artist, but you had three excellent DJs, including yourself. It was at a place called Train Station, which is known for Deep House. Having an African event there is a first. I'm just curious, what was going through your mind during the planning of it? You have to look at the location. Train Station is in the middle of Jemaizi. And that's, a, like, that's the hub for people, like foreigners who come out from um, Lebanon, come to Lebanon and want to have a good time. But obviously the work had to be there, like the planning had to be on point. But Transition still helped me out in a way because at the end of the day, it all comes down to location, you know what I mean? So, but Mr. Easy, when I did the Mr. Easy event, I said to myself, how am I going to do an event without getting an artist and getting the same amount of people? But at the end of the day, you are, it's all about the planning. With or without the artist, you can still always get people. It's just, it's the work, it's the work ethic. You have to be disciplined. You have to have a good team. You have to have good people who believe in you. And you know, your friends have to support you big time, which you did more, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it it's all comes together. I can't just say it's um, one thing that made me like do a good event. It's, it's, a, it's a, like a collective effort, you know what I mean? So when I first got the um, location, train station, I think I had a good feedback from everyone. So what usually what I did was that I got transition and I ran it through with my team, and I saw the opinion about it, and they were all positive about it. You know what I mean? So, on the team, they all had to like you know you have to make sure everyone in the team is willing to like everyone in the team believes in the event. They all believe in Africa. They grew up in Africa, so it's like I don't I didn't have to convince them. You know what I mean? They were ready to like put Africa on the map in Lebanon. So this is why it came a little bit easy, but at the same time everyone in the team is disciplined you know so this made it possible yeah right. i remember your first team meeting was at your apartment i walk in you were present Yay. i was definitely there there were about eight to ten people the first thing i see is a lebanese girl just saying hey do you want jollof rice i was shocked she cooked it and i was impressed by the way you managed the team you were very democratic, like although you are like the main, the main piece, the main commander, you went around and asked everyone their skill sets, what they're bringing to the table. I remember George, DJ Waxy, came and negotiated with you and the manager at train station finding a venue. But like, how do you manage your emotions? Like what was the night before and the night of train station like? Did you have any like worries that no one might come? Or did you have any fears that it just might not go as planned? That's a good question, though. I'm going to start off with the, um, the time we had the group meeting at my place. Right. Basically, like, before I had, like, this was four years ago, I did an event. That's, I took my first event four years ago. 
wasn't that successful because I didn't know how to run a team. But now when you have a team, you have to make, especially when it's a lot of people in the team, you have to make sure you know how, you know everyone in the team, what makes them happy, what they like. So I know everyone's behavior, you know what I mean? So I, I tend to like handle everyone different. For example, I can't handle a guy who's like aggressive the same way with someone who's not aggressive. So I know my team members and I know how to deal with them. So I made sure in this event, I gave people what they can actually do. I didn't push them to do what they cannot do. I made them feel comfortable in their own job skill sets. So this is one of the this is one of the things I've learned in like managing people. Not all are the same. You have to make sure everyone is like happy in what they're doing. And in terms of like um, the, me having a feeling about the before the event, to be honest, I wasn't really. I knew I was going to get this amount of people. I wasn't scared because I've been in this game for um, four years. And I know what I give. When I'm DJing, when I'm with people, I'm always real with people. So I expect people to be real with me as well, you know. So before the event, of course, I'm nervous. Like, okay, maybe the music might go off. Things I can't control, like the rain. It was about to rain, actually, that yeah, day. Yeah, at one point, I was scared. Yeah. yeah. Things like this, I can't control. Of course, I'm nervous about this. A fight broke out as well. I can't control. Things I can't control, I don't worry about them. You know what I mean? But as I, I get nervous, but, you know, it is what it is, though. But in terms of people, I was, I felt so confident because the work ethic we had was very good. Everything was planned accordingly, so and everyone did a job accordingly. So I was confident we're gonna get the amount of people we did, and you know, and now we're planning the second event. It's the same process again. Now we've built a name for No Hala. It's still gonna be the same formula applied in the first event. I'm gonna keep the same formula that which worked the first time for the next event. So that's that's how I'm gonna do this this time. Let's talk about the night itself. Um, it was packed. You were there, so you. I had a great time. You were dancing. Man. I had a great time. It was lit. Yeah. It was lit. The music was really, really good. I was, if I'm honest, I wasn't sure how, you, you know, the three DJs. So you doing African music, Ali Funk doing Latin music, and T Mac doing R and B would mix. Yes. I wasn't really sure. I was a bit skeptical, but. You pulled it off beautifully. Let's get your view on the night. I know my view is it was lit. Everyone was looking good. Everyone was turning up. The dynamics, the music, the people. What did you most enjoy about the night? I think my best part about the night was um, when it was my time to DJ and I got on stage. Because usually when I DJ, I'm on my set. But I actually said to myself, let me actually look and see what I've done, the whole work I've done. So I looked and I saw the whole crowd and I was like, wow, like you actually pulled this off, you know, like. Everything I worked for was in that moment. So that was my best part of the night, seeing everyone having fun, you guys dancing, all my friends coming to support, you know, it's like the feeling is amazing though. But in terms of the music, most of those events I go for, like the DJs we just meet, let's say we have three DJs. We just meet on the same day of the event and DJ, which is not professional. So from what I've seen from past events, I made sure the DJs, we made a group on WhatsApp. We met a week before the event. We sat down. I made a time 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 set for everyone, starting from ten till three, so everyone knew what time they were gonna play. And every DJ has to listen to the DJ who comes up first and make sure they don't play the same music twice. So in terms of music, you have to be very as much as people come. You have to make sure that people come for the music at the end of the day. So the music is key. When the DJs come at a certain amount of time and they know when they are meant to leave, so I made sure we handled all of this. They know, so there's no like chaos on sets you don't have to force anyone to come on stage you know now is your time you know what i mean so 
in terms of bringing T-Mark, I was a bit um, skeptical about it. Like, get playing some hip hop R&B in an African event, but you need to understand this African events we do. We still have people who are not too into African events, but they want to come and experience it. So I make sure I cater to this small group of people who I know are into R&B music, and those people are gonna enjoy the music towards the end of the night. So I make sure people who like Latin music are happy. People who like Nigerian music are happy. People who are into hip hop are happy as well. So I cater to everyone at this event. But majority of the music we play is the African music. But also one of the parts I liked about the night was um, the people dancing though. That's the thing about African event. Everyone's all around the place having fun. I saw you, you were getting you were getting, <laughs> you were getting lit though. So yeah. I enjoyed it. You also had some really interesting people attend the event. Um, at the end of the event we met Vicky Baz. Yeah, she's a she's a, she's a professional dancer. She won Arabs Got Talent and she was on Britain's Got Talent. I think she's on a dancing tour now. You had lit people there too. Um, I think one of the things that made the event successful is you seem to be incredibly like nice to everyone. No one had a bad word to say about you. Everyone was in a good mood. And it's almost like it was self-selected. Like because you're nice, you have nice people around you, keep good people around you. And then in turn, those people keep good people around them because they're people of good character, if that makes sense. There was no drama, no, no real issues. Um, what's going to be something that you change or tweak for the next event? What's something that you want to improve upon to make the next event that much better? I think in terms of the people who come to for this event, I make sure it's like all people, most of people actually do know them. And I'm selective about the people who show up at this event. You know, I want it to be all nice vibes. I don't want to get people who like, you know, the show offs this. I want everyone to be on the same level, you know what I mean? So you get to feel comfortable at this event, you know. But for next event, I think I want to get more dancers, you know. Because you got to keep it entertaining. Music is good, but you need to see people actually dancing in the African way. I want to get a flamethrower. One of those ladies or who spit out the fire, you know, one of those though. Hopefully we don't burn someone up. <laughs> and that's just, I'm being more, probably more organized in terms of like the walk-ins, the guest list. More organized in terms of stuff like this. But like I said, I want to keep the same formula I had for the first event. Just more entertainment. And yeah, that's it. I don't want to change too much. Keep it original. Why did you throw this event? It might sound obvious to people who know you, but why would a DJ throw an event why go through the stress and the hassle you could have easily outsourced it what compelled you to throw this event and what makes you want to throw the next one that's a good <laughs> you always ask me the good questions mom. but if i want to be serious i threw this event for myself to see what i can actually like do because i've been i've been teaching for a while you know what i mean and you know i'm not just a dj and we had this in the first podcast we ever had like I also know how to plan events at the same time. So like I want to test myself, I want to see where I'm at in life, you know what I mean? I want to see what I can actually do because if I just stick to DJing, I will never know my true potential, you know what I mean? So I throw these events to like make people have fun, but also test myself and see my capabilities, you know what I mean? So now I'm going to do the second event, I'm also going to test myself more because I want to get a higher number. I think we had 400 people the last event. I'm trying to get a thousand people for this event. It might be less than a thousand, but at least I know I tried, you know. Because you also in life you you have to test yourself. You have to go out of your comfort zone. 
Me being a DJ now is in my comfort zone. I've played at all the big events. There's nothing new for me anymore again. For me, planning my events and DJing at my events is something new for me. Most DJs don't do that. They just want the easy, let me go to a venue, let me get paid and that's it. But, you know, I'm not trying to be like most DJs. I'm trying to be something different. The thing that's interesting is the more successful you get, sometimes you can fall into the trap of chasing what people call vanity metrics. So that might be followers or number of people attending and money. So I'm, I, I, can, I can see your trajectory, you know, it, it ends up being a thousand people and then maybe you get an artist and you get a better artist and maybe you throw one at the beach and maybe you throw one internationally. In that, in that kind of cycle where the goalposts shift, your goals constantly get higher and higher, what's that safe place that you go back to? So let's say you throw an event, you want 2,000 people to come and 2,000 don't come or let's say 3,000 people attend in five events time. But it doesn't quite feel the same. What's going to be that thing that you that you look towards, that fallback that that kind of makes you feel happy? Is it the fact that everyone's had a good time, or do you stop when you're enjoying it? What's that thing that you look for as you get more and more successful? Good question again, though. But like to summarize what you said, it's like, let's say I did this event and I didn't make as much money as I want to make, or the people then come up as I want. I'm still having fun. Don't forget what I do. This this profession I chose. I'm having fun doing this. I'm not doing this just to make money. I'm enjoying myself while I'm doing it. Even if it's just five people who shop, I'm just gonna make sure they have a good time and we all have a good time together. If ten thousand people shop, it's the same concept. I'm same process. I'm gonna apply. We're all gonna have fun. I don't do something I'm not having fun with. I will never do something like that. So, the key is having fun with what you're doing. Because when you're having fun, people can see that you're having fun people want to come but if it's not fun then why are you doing it in the first place when it's fun you want to do it every week you want to do it every month money comes and money goes i might make a million dollars from this i might make zero dollars from this but it's i'm always going to keep pushing you know what i mean so my aim is to make these events grow big i want to get the african culture in lebanon this is one of the big reasons too i want to bring africa to lebanon i don't want to do these events in africa because they already have these events i want to take it to the arab countries where there's no much of the african culture there exposed to um, people what Africa really is really about. It's not just about fights, poverty, it's about the music. We have good music, we have good food. I sold African food at this event. I'm also bringing the food, the culture to this. So I want to just expose Af um, to Lebanon what Africa is about and how much fun people have in Africa. Why the African people are so happy from the little things they have. This is what I'm trying to bring to this events I'm doing. Just positive vibes, peace, fun, that's it. A lot of Africans in Lebanon, they feel somewhat marginalized, some of them that I've spoken to. And the perception of them is one of low status, especially if they're from Sudan or Ethiopia. They're mainly viewed as cleaning staff or not really integrated. And in a way, your events create space for those people. And they give them a home away from home. And they give them a place to enjoy. And they give them a place to celebrate their culture. And it kind of changes the perception of Africa, of African people, amongst Lebanese that haven't left the country, amongst Lebanese that haven't grown up in Africa, which is incredibly powerful. I just want to spend a few minutes giving some credit to your team, to the people around you, to the people that made it happen. I think the, um, the biggest support I had so far in the whole event was from my girlfriend, Chris. Behind the scenes, because usually sometimes I get too caught up in the scene, I get too naive with people. So she's always there like telling me the right things to do. Right. 
when I go home and I'm stressed out, she always makes me feel good. Tells me that things are going to be okay. She's 90% of this event being possible. I think it's because of her. And I just, I met her exactly the same time I was meant to throw this event. So she really, really supported in every step of the way. And yeah, the team, definitely the team, they all played a vital role in it. Iman, the tables. Because when you come into this event, it's not just like you see it's like Africa. The, we have the materials on the table, the trees. It's all Iman's work. Give a shout out to Waxi, who's my partner as well. He played a big role in like, you know, he's my assistant manager. He does everything when I'm not there. Give a shout out to the PRs who made the people come, you know. Give a shout out to Mo as well. Okay. <laughs> who also gave me some great advice on, you know, everything as well. The whole team, I can't mention everyone right now, but everyone who was involved knows themselves. George as well, who's from Nigeria. Big role. Everyone, you know. I want to give a, it wouldn't be possible without them. I want to give the biggest shout out to Anthony. Like he's my day one guy. So he knows himself and we always have real conversations and I'm really, really, really grateful for him. This was one of the guys who stuck with me from day one. The first event was called Afro House. I lost all my team members because I wasn't well, I wasn't, I didn't know what I was doing, but this, he still believed in me from the mistakes I made, my DJ career. And he came on to me to the next event, the No Wala event convinced everyone that I was a proper person like he played a big role in this event happening last question really which is what's the what's the lasting legacy of this event like you said you want to bring Africa to Lebanon is there anything else that you you want to have an impact or anything else you want to say in regards to the event yeah. I think like um, what I really want for this event and I think you mentioned this earlier, it's just to make sure people in Lebanon get to address like people in Africa. I want people in that who, people who live in Lebanon who are Africans to feel comfortable going out to a place, coming to these events, feeling comfortable for people here to appreciate them. Usually when I do these events, the ticket is a bit expensive, but I make a special price for them, for them to be able to come and afford it. Because I know they don't really make that much money here, but I want everyone to feel comfortable at this event. I want this event to bring everyone together. That's the legacy I'm trying to leave. It's not about getting a thousand, making the most money. It's about bringing, uniting people together in this event. And that's what I'm trying to do. And hopefully one day we get an artist. Oh, that's, that's the key. Hopefully, and that's what we're working every day for. Get an African artist. And that will, be, that will happen very soon, which I know. And I really thank you more for this podcast. I appreciate it. And next event coming out very, very soon. It's going to be in uh, October. Okay, October. October, yeah. Can't give the exact dates. So you have to follow No Wahala page at Nowala underscore um, Beirut. As always, thank you for listening to the Let's Talk with Mo Hassan podcast. We're available on soundcloud.com slash mohassan92. Also on iTunes on the Let's Talk with Mo Hassan. Everything me and Basim discussed in this episode is in the description below.